You're listening to the Week Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, good morning, sports fans. Mike Indolfo here. I'm joined in the studio today with Jason Stuber and Haven Harrington, and we are here to talk about the week that was in sports and the weekend that is. We've got a busy college football weekend. We're getting to like, the great time of year where college football is ramping up into the big time. Baseball playoffs start next week. The NBA's around the corner. NHL is getting ready to start, and the NFL is in full swing. It really doesn't get any better than this. I'm super excited about it. I'm. I just can't wait. And I hope you've uh, this this show. If you all don't know, is just it's regular guys talking sports. We want to have you guys uh, joining in and making sure that you are uh, uh, part of the conversation as well. If you want to join in, the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line three eight four fourteen fifty. Oxmoor Ford Service, get the works package, a synthetic oil, a synthetic blend oil change, tire rotation, multi-point inspection, and more for only $39.95. Pull into the quick lane today. And, of course, we got Haven joining us today for the first time. Haven, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Wow, man, I, I don't know where to start. My name's uh, Haven Harrington. I've been doing uh, local sports here in town for about six, seven years on, a, uh, on, on another station here. Um, I'm also part owner of the Kentucky Extreme Arena football team. Nice. So I'm excited about that. About to start our second season here in Freedom Hall. All right, man. So uh, other than that, I'm all around good guy. Local, local guy. Local guy. Where did you Where did you go to school? Uh, Brown High School. Oh, I know Brown High School. I used to coach at St. Francis. So we used to oh, always okay. battle, battle each other. The Brown Bears. Battle the nerds. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Pretty much is what it came down to. So yeah. All right. So yeah. So that's awesome. So. Kentucky Extreme, when do they when do they get started up again? Uh we're gonna get started our season. Uh the schedule hasn't been released yet. We'll start like mid February, go through April. So you gotta you season. gotta compete with the bulk of college basketball around here. Is that tough? Uh yes. It is it is very tough. We had a couple of games last year where uh both UK and U of L in a tournament. Oh that the attendance was, was kind of uh let's say not up to our usual standards. And uh just full disclosure, you are a a, a proclaimed U of L fan. Uh, yes, I'm a proclaimed U of L fan, but you know, I, I I try to be neutral when it comes to uh, critiquing U of L and the University of Kentucky. Because I'm one of very one of very few U of L fans who would give UK credit for U of L's championship. Because if it wasn't for UK, U of L never would have won a national championship. I brought that year. up a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was actually in New York. And Kelly and I did the show, and uh, I, I agree with that. I think that rejuvenated Rick Pitino. I think you know it. You know the how good Cal was going, getting having things going, and Lexington just made Louisville have to step up their game. And I think the same thing happens vice versa with Kentucky football. I agree with that. I mean, if Louisville football is not where it is, I don't think Kentucky football made the move that they need to make, and they're trying to step up in the right direction. It's, it goes both ways. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, without a doubt. So uh, that's very refreshing here. I try to be objective, but I don't think I do a good job. Jason doesn't even try to be objective. Well, so. I try to be, but I've got the blue glasses on and the, the bias, but. Uh. <laughs> We'll try to play nice. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a big deal. But we got a great – a lot of stuff going on in sports. A lot of stuff, you know, on the field. We got a good week of college football. Last weekend, terrible week of college football. A lot was being made about of all the big-time blowouts. So I think, uh, what, four teams scored over 70 points last week. Uh, you know, Louisville beats the crap out of Florida International. Horrible team. Well, who would have thought? I mean, Horrible Florida International two years ago was in a bowl, beat Louisville, and then they – and you're in the state of Florida. You should be able to recruit. Well, you know, the problem is they fired their coach. I don't know why they fired their coach. I've been led to believe by some people at FIU there's some other behind-the-scenes reasons why they fired Mario Cristobal. 
Uh, but Mario, he had him playing. He had the players. When he was going head-to-head against Miami, he was getting a lot of guys from uh, Day County, which is Miami, a lot of guys you know, around FIU, and he had built a credible team. He had players. He had T.Y. Hilton. They were on some other top-notch players in the state of Florida. They got rid of them. They went another direction. And and you see the results. The team is horrible. I mean, half the players left once Cristobal left because they you know they came there because of him. So they defected, and then he brought in a bunch of scrubs. I didn't watch the game, but I heard that they pretty much laid down in the second quarter. It was almost uh, well, they nothing not not to take away from Louisville, but they they, they almost kind of gave one up. time yeah. in, in the second half. Well, there's yeah. the whole the, the whole running the clock gate. I guess you know obviously the clock was running, but the co- both neither one of the coaches really admitted that they agreed. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it didn't really matter. You got to a certain point. Basically, to save face. Yeah. FIU's coach like, no, I, I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would never surrender. Right. <laughs> and probably the whole time he's like, throwing a towel. <laughs> yeah. This ain't going well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and then that actually brings, and then of course we had, I guess Miami did that to uh, an FBS school. Savannah State. Savannah State. Seventy-seven to seven. Who's not even a good FBS school? No. So. And, and this kind of goes into this whole discussion. Um, I, I'm a I'm a Bellerman, former Bellerman student, so I used to, I got to, a chance to work with Coach Valvano for a year and on Coach V's show on the other station. You know, the, there's been a lot of talk this week about should the players get paid, should they not get paid, the whole APU movement and the exploitation of these college athletes. And Coach V brought up, I thought it was an excellent point, talking about. You know, we always focus on these really elite athletes that are getting exploited. But what about a Savannah State that's not even a good FBS school? If you look at their size, like the size of their average player compared to the University of Miami's average player, talent, size, not a matchup. Someone could literally get hurt. But your university is throwing you out there so they can make their payday to basically fund the rest of their athletic department. Uh, and that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, when Ohio State played Florida a a school my mom uh, used to uh, – Used to work for actually my whole family has ties to Florida A&M. I've been down in Tallahassee like every year of my life, so I'm very familiar with Florida A&M and Florida State and all the Florida programs in general. You know, Ohio State played FAMU one million dollars to be there to, to to be there to get beaten, but that's ten percent of their athletic budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't say no to that because that's ten percent right. of your budget. But in full in full fairness, there too, Ohio State had to fill that void late because I believe they were supposed to play Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt pulled out the last minute, and uh, you know. Pulling out something Rick Pitino also was very good at. Ohio State. <laughs> wow. Did I say that on the air? Okay. You did. Ohio State, by the way, I hate. And that's another point that I want to get to when we talk a little bit about Louisville football. You know, Ohio State can go undefeated and go to the national championship game. Their schedule is really not that much tougher than Louisville's schedule. Well, the Louisville tried to schedule Ohio State, and Ohio State turned them down. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, Charlie tried to call his buddy and was like, hey, why don't you put us on the schedule? This would be a great matchup. Be prime time. You, know, you get a prime time opponent. We get a prime time opponent. But it all comes down to college football. It's like we have to fill these home games. Mm-hmm. We need to make X amount of dollars. And if we can get family to do it, then that's what we'll do. And, Jason, you hate both Ohio State and Louisville. I'm not so sure Louisville is that much. You know, there's not that much difference between Louisville and Ohio State team this year. Uh, I, I, It's hard to tell. I Ohio State, they haven't played anybody yet. We'll see, but they'll play more legitimate talent soon. So, um, they're legitimate talent though. Well, they got game, Wisconsin today, mm-hmm. which should be a good game. Mm-hmm. But let's let's that's face it. it. Wisconsin, Northwestern, Michigan are the only three 
someone is there really that much difference between Cincinnati Rutgers and Central Florida? I will take Michigan out of there. Michigan is horrible. I'm hoping that's not the case because I like Notre Dame. So I hope you know Michigan yeah, is horrible. I agree. With I mean, that. Michigan. Only reason Michigan is ranked is because they're Michigan. Right. If you put Michigan in any other conference outside the SEC, they would not be ranked. They would not be in the top twenty-five because you can. I mean, if you watch their games, like they barely beating bad teams. I mean, it took a, a, a miracle to to escape UConn. Right. They're horrible. That's true. That is definitely true. It's like the second week in a row. It's like Michigan State. They can't score points. Nope. And they, they took Notre Dame down to the wire. Yeah, Notre Dame's not very good this did year. Did Ohio State go undefeated last year? Yes. Yes. And, but they were on probation. And that had something to do with it. But, again, that league was down. I mean, that their, that league was not very good. It, you got the Big Ten factor that people still perceive that the Big Ten is a football conference, which it's not. And they, they and that Urban Meyer's there. And they go undefeated. Louisville's got the momentum off the floor to win, but they still had some bad beginning of the season. See, that's my feeling. I mean, I think Louisville's a good team. I, I'm not sure. Of course, I'm biased, but they're a top top ten team. Oh, we have top ten talent. I'm not saying that. But I'm not saying you don't. Um, but what do they do against those type teams? Obviously, you point to the Florida game, and they dominated that game. But the season, the season leading up to that game uh, for the conference they played in, they had some bad losses, and they had some close wins against some teams that were, you know, did UConn beat them last year, I think? Yes. Yeah, so um, they had an up-and-down season. They weren't as dominant as they showed in the Florida game, and they weren't as dominant as they've been this season so far. So but I wonder if that was, a lot of that was that if you had a bunch of sophomores who were trying to mature as players, and now these guys are juniors, and there's a big difference. Yeah, well, the other difference was is that Louisville's banged up. They lost like two or three starting offensive linemen during the course of the season. And that, that played a big difference. I mean, starting all freshmen and sophomores, it takes a while for them to kind of mature. And when it came time to a Florida game, they were all healthy. Mm-hmm. So I had a full complement of roster. And he had a whole season of experience where they started to get better, where you could tell, like, when Charlie Strong first got there, you know, we lost FIU. We lost a lot of bad games. Marshall. Because, Marshall, because you know, they just didn't have the experience. They weren't on the stage. In the second season, you can see that progression as, okay, well, no, we're not losing a lot of those games that we would have lost the season before, but – we're staying close. So they're learning. This year, you're looking at a full maturation of Louisville's team, what they realize. And another recruiting class of depth, yeah. which I think is very important because I think that's really kind of what happened in the UFL-UK game is that UK's defense played really well, but the depth for their defense wasn't there, and then that's when UFL started being able to move the ball. Well, the other reason was is that UK came out with the five-man defensive front that took Louisville by surprise, and they weren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. And that's why you saw you know, Kentucky really stop UFL's offense. Midway through the first quarter, actually close, actually took them too long, really, to, to make an adjustment that they should have easily, I think, should have been made in the first quarter. It took them almost like a quarter and a half to make the uh, the calls and adjustments on the offensive line to get the blocking schemes together. And that's when you saw, like, at the, I think the last drive, Louisville's offense kind of started to get together and the running lanes started to open up because they made that adjustment. But that also half. coincided with Dante Ruffin hurt, you know, defensive tackle. Mr. Cobble hurt. was going in there already hurt. He's suspect. <laughs> <laughs> Bud Dupree, Zadarius Smith, all of those guys get injured. We got guys out there. You know, Jason Hatcher, I thought, played really well. Oh, he's a, a stud. Freshman. He's a stud. But, I mean, I just, you know, that adjustment you're talking about also coincided with the defensive front for Kentucky being banged up and the depth not being there. So, And I have to say, this isn't taken away from Louisville. It's more giving Kentucky credit. Once Louisville made those adjustments, they didn't, like, go off. I mean, they still only scored 27 points total for the game. So, But they started running the ball a lot more effectively. They did. They did. And, and they started uh, moving the ball kind of at will. But um, And, again, it's not taking away from U of L. I think Kentucky 
even once U of L made the adjustments, still played pretty good defense for, for you know third third game into new coach and uh, suspect depth on the defensive side of the ball. And even though that uh, even though Louisville's not playing today, it's still kind of a big weekend for them. They got a, a Central Florida team going up against South Carolina that is a really big game for their conference. I mean, yeah. And Central Florida is a pretty good team. They just got through beating uh, Penn State. So. Yeah, and that's at Central Florida too. So Central Florida can keep that game close. That's a huge game for Louisville yep. from a strength of schedule. And if Kentucky can keep Florida close, um, that's a huge game for them as well. Well, the Rutgers game last week, the win over Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas. was huge for that the AAC. So, so you know, we're going to see. I, I still I still feel like Louisville will go undefeated. They're not going to. They're not going to be able to make it into the title game. Louisville should go undefeated. I don't think we'll, they'll make it to the title game. Um, and a, a lot of U of L fans and I, we have this discussion all the time. You know, can they make it if they run the table? But if, for Louisville to run the table, they're going to have to beat every team as much as possible and beat them badly. And that's why you're seeing Teddy Bridgewater was still in the game midway through the third quarter at FIU because he's trying to run the stats up. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just be that's the only way he wins the Heisman. Yeah, the uh, uh, only way that he's doing the Heisman race is because they have to run his stats up, which is why Louisville was so disappointed. Yes, we beat Kentucky, but they were so disappointed. Yeah, he couldn't <laughs> run stats up, and they were and they were really disappointed. They couldn't have that statement win that they really wanted to have. And, and you also got South Florida playing Miami today. So I mean, South Florida's horrible. They're, yeah. they're, they are horrible. Willie Taggart's not. Been able to make the adjustment, but those there's three AAC team uh, or two AAC, AAC games that are real important from that standpoint of you know showing that they can compete, and then you got the non-conference opponent Kentucky going up against uh, a depleted four team who's going to be missing five defensive starters and going to be missing their quarterback. I you know I know a lot of Kentucky fans feel like this could be their chance. It, it can't be their chance. I, I think this is going to be Kentucky's best chance to knock off Florida and. When's the last one he beat? Uh, 1986. 1978 or something like that. <laughs> 1986. Was Bear Bryant, I think, was still alive, roaming the sidelines. I mean, it's been forever since <laughs> the Bear Bryant curse. That's what it is. It's been forever. Well, but first, before Spurrier was in Florida, that, that you know, if that tells you anything. So. Actually, before that streak happened, UK was within four games of being even in the series, the record series between the two schools. So, um, of course, since then, it's 26 straight. But, uh, now I think I think this week is their best chance, but I also say as long as Will Muschamp is there, they have a chance to beat him because he's horrible. He's I compare him to Tubby. He, <laughs> he has talent, but he doesn't enforce his talent on other teams. He likes he keeps it close. He likes to play smash mouth football. So Kentucky doesn't have to deal with their speed as much as they did when they had Urban Meyer and, and Steve Spurrier. And so when you let teams hang around, you're you know you're going to have more chances for the upsets. And I think as long as he's at Florida. Um, that Kentucky's going to have a good chance to win a few. Well, and, and I agree. I mean, I, their defense, Muschamp's defense is is playing, and that's why I don't think the five defense stars of Florida's got out is going to be that big of a deal because they they do have the depth of defense to just replace those guys with guys that are at the elite level. I, you know, offense is horrible. Their offense is terrible, and this game, it, if Kentucky's going to win, they got to get on the scoreboard for, first, whether a defensive touchdown. Or whether it's a you know the offense can actually score. I, I don't know if that's even possible. This is going to have to be like a ten to seven type win if it's going to happen. Kentucky's got to catch the ball. Well, I if mean, they catch the ball, <laughs> they'll be dangerous. They, they might they might put some points on the board. I, you know, we'll see. Well, the thing is for Kentucky, they're going to have to stretch the field. They can't dink and dunk their way down the field on Florida. This is not going to happen. You're going to have to take your shots deep 
to stretch out that secondary, one. Two, they're going to have to stop the run because they're not going to throw the ball. Floor's wide receivers are horrible. Right. And the quarterback is suspect. Even Driscoll is playing quarterback. Yeah, yeah. The form must still be the same. You have to And do you guys know who the wide receiver coach at Florida is? Joker Phillips. Joker Phillips. All right, we got to actually get to our first break. (laughs) Carolina Steve's on the line, and we're going to get to him on the other side of the break. We are, we'll be right back. Mike, Jason, and Haven, Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Little Bohemian Rhapsody to bring us in. Little Wayne's World. Love that scene in the in the in the Gremlin, you know, if you're gonna spew, spew into this. So and we got a lot of our uh, fans out there listening on our uh, on our app. And uh, we encourage those people to call in if you want, download our app and listen to the sports buzz in crystal clear digital quality. Search 1450 The Sports Buzz in the iTunes App Store or Android Market, powered by InsureMax. Call Chad or Alan Hennessy at 479-4085 for all of your home, auto, and life needs. we got all kinds of things that we were talking about, but we got a caller on the line right now who I think this caller might be a little busy at 1230 this afternoon. Carolina, are you there? Yes, I am. What are you going to be doing at 1230? Uh, I... Today's the, the game, but I want to talk about the team y'all were talking about. Okay. I'm going to make a bold prediction right here. Okay. Central Florida 24, Louisville 14. Ooh. Oh, you're not even talking about this week. You're talking about when Central Florida plays Louisville. Well, the thing of it is, I'm more familiar with Central Florida than anybody around here. They were in the Eastern Division Conference USA, and it would be between them and East Carolina for the championship every year. And when they play at Central Florida, they are tough to beat. They got a great football coach in Georgia Leary. He had winning programs at Georgia Tech. He would have been at Notre Dame if he hadn't falsified his master's degree. And then he went down there, and he has built a very good team. Last year they won the championship, and they won the Liberty Bowl. They just got some real good football players down there. Like I said, I've seen them play the last four or five years watching them through East Carolina, and I just think that they're going to shock the world down there when Louisville comes to college. Is that at Louisville? Where is that? Uh, I think it's at Central Florida. I mean, right. I, I'll have to double-check. But uh, So Carolina's calling for that upset. So what about your game at 1230 today, the Tar Heels and the East Carolina Pirates? Well, we're going to be at uh, – I just found out something looking on Facebook. I got so many apps for East Carolina – there's a possibility we're going to be in the all-black uniforms and Carolina's going to be in the all-white. And we won our last game in the all-black uniform, so uh, it's going to be good. As a matter of fact, we, our fans did what Louisville's didn't. We bought all the remaining tickets at Carolina, so we may, you may see a lot of purple move, uh, at Keenan Stadium uh, among that. I like our offense. Uh we run the same offense that Kentucky's trying to run, but we have a decent quarterback. We got a running back, and one thing that really, really helped us, our defensive coordinator was there under Skip Holtz when we won the last uh, 
two Conference USA championships that we won is now the defensive coordinator. And even though they lost to uh, Virginia Tech, they, their defense played a good game. And I saw Virginia Tech, their defense may be one of the best I've seen this year. All right. Good deal, Carolina. You got anything else for us? No, no. We are. Uh, I'm playing for uh, Kentucky tonight. I think they got a chance to win. Uh, I'd like to see them win. I, I'm not going to be there, uh, unfortunately, but I was there when they broke uh, the losing streak against Tennessee. I think it's time for them to break another one at 26. And uh, just going to have some fun this weekend watching the races from the Monster Mile. All you Kentucky fans, get out and pull for the cats tonight and everything, and y'all have a very good day. Well, we will, and uh, you know, there's I guess a decent chance if Kentucky pulls it off that Jason and I get arrested for being on the field at the end of the game. We'll see. I don't know, but uh, the uh, Central Florida actually comes to Louisville, and they play on a Friday night with the rest of the high school teams. Uh, <laughs> so now I'm just messing with you. Central they, that's Friday, October 18th. So South Florida, uh, they have to go to South Florida, which is a tough place historically for Louisville to play, but. As we talked about, South Wars. Fighting Willie Taggarts. The Fighting Willie Taggarts, yes. That uh, at the beginning of the year, one publication ranked that as the best hire in college football. So well, time hire. will tell. We'll see. We'll see. It's it, early. It, on paper, it's a pretty good hire. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Carolina mentioned a little bit about the uh, uh, UK game tonight going against Florida. And uh, obviously, 7 o'clock start tonight for the Cats. That's why we're not, that's why we're in studio and not in the parking lot uh, doing the show. Uh, it's going to be kind of nice to be out there for a night game. It will be. Um, I, I'm going to have to watch myself uh, at the tailgate, be there a little longer, be enjoying some uh, the LSU-Georgia game. I have to pace myself, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. Rumors are we're going to have to see the gray uniforms for the first time. Yeah, that, that was rumored mm. last week, too, that Kentucky might come out in gray last week, and, uh, and then they end up coming out in black. Right. Uh, and uh, we'll see. Uh, gray uniforms could be out there, gray helmets, and – well, maybe our lucky number is 26, you know. We ended it at uh, Tennessee at 26, and hopefully the Florida streak will end at 26. And maybe the gray uniforms will take us to that victory. If Max Smith can stay healthy, you guys have a, you have a chance. It's gonna, that's going to be the interesting thing there, too. So, how A, does Max Smith, is he able to complete the whole game? And if he, uh, if he is, how many snaps does he get versus uh, what Jalen Whitlow gets? Because I guess my frustration with Jalen Whitlow right now is that when they, he came out against South Carolina last year, made his debut, he was fearless. Mm-hmm. The kid just went out there and played, didn't care about making a mistake, and he held Kentucky in that game you know, up until halftime. I mean, that, that was about as electric as Commonwealth Stadium has ever been for that first half against South Carolina last year. Yeah. And then it's total opposite now. You know, that now it's not like he's doesn't have he's, – last year he knew he didn't have anything to lose. He just had his opportunity and took advantage of it. Now he knows he's got something to lose, I guess, although he really doesn't. I mean, they're not going to play tolls. Yeah. The only way they're playing tolls is if both those guys are hurt. Well, here's the key. If he can stay healthy during the game, we've got to have him if we have a chance to win because I agree with your point that they got to stretch the field, and he's the only one that can do that. And even before he got hurt in the Louisville game, he had a few that he missed, a few long balls. that We had a couple guys open, uh, UK did. And he missed him. He overthrew him. So if we if if he's the only one that's going to be able to throw those passes, and if he can't be there and throw those passes, it's going to be a long night. Max is more accurate, but I do believe that Jalen does throw a better deep ball. He may, but we just haven't seen it. 
and, and that's and that's kind of the conundrum that UK is in right now. What they need is like some type of hybrid Max Jalen or Max Whitlow type of quarterback. And that's what they try to do by running them in and out of games in the middle of a drive. I mean, yeah, but the, the, the problem UK is going to have is that I, I still think Max Smith gives you your best chance to win, but he just can't stay healthy. And then that's his problem. He's never finished an entire season at UK. He's never have. And he's, he's, he's been hurt already. Which, if I was a UK fan, kind of make me kind of worry that he's already been hurt. Chances are he's not going to finish the season. No, he's, he's not. Yeah. He hasn't yet. And I, he's not going to finish the season, I don't think, this year because he's already been hurt. Uh, Dante Rumpf, he has a bad shoulder. And it showed up again to the UofL game that he has his, his bad shoulder. And as you start to go against, you know, other He actually said it was his other shoulder. So now he's got two bad shoulders. Well, it makes it, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's just that, you know, you have guys that with talent. But historically been banged up. Mr. Cobble, he he takes plays off, and that's his problem. You know, he doesn't – he's not high energy all the time when you need him to be the man, and he fades in and out of games. So do you have any insight into why Patrick Tolles can't see the field after a redshirt season? They actually played a few games last year. He's supposed to have all the talent in the world. Is it – I mean, supposedly – Is it decision-making? Is it mental? Is it – he can't grasp what they're trying to do. So and that's I'm, and that's and I think that's some of this players seeing with Whitlow this year versus last year, like you were referencing. You know, when you first come in, you know, you're fearless, but the playbook is also like four pages long. And it, it don't give you too much to do. Just kinda of go out there, you manage the game, and last year was about, okay, well this game you want I'm put this in. Then we're gonna put this in. So he kinda piece it in yeah, there. You piece yeah. him into it. This yeah. year he has a full playbook. He has to know all the plays, all the checks downs the reads, the things of that nature, and you start to think a little bit more before you just yeah, – But it's my understanding that the air raid offense is not a complicated offense to learn. Exactly. It's supposed to be the type of offense that you're, can take ordinary players. Neil Brown says it takes him three days things. to install. And that's that's the frustrating thing for me as a Kentucky fan is, is the air raid's – A, the air raid's not really air raid right now because we well, don't have a quarterback. Raid. We don't have a quarterback that can do the air raid which any quarterback should be able to do the air raid at the divisional level. We don't have receivers that can catch the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I do I, – I, at the same time, though, I'm so optimistic by seeing a guy like JoJo Kemp and seeing the future new Randall Cobb and, and Timmons because I think that's what he is. I think Randall Cobb – Timmons is Randall Cobb. And Well, let's – time will tell. Tom he has the potential. He has the potential. Randall Cobb is – one of the top ten receivers in the NFL right now and was was a stud in college, but um, I think we talked about this last week. I think I did, and a lot of Kentucky fans fell into the trap of going back to again when Mummy's first year and first game and against couch, Louisville. Had couch. I agree, but the trap I fell into is I thought that it's a system. You know, it's a system that's going to produce numbers. You know, you look at Texas Tech all those years. Every quarterback that came up had great years. Now, granted, a lot of those quarterbacks were fourth- and fifth-year seniors. They'd redshirt them, and they'd get their two years starting or whatever. Well, you look at Texas Tech now, because Kingsbury runs something very similar, and he takes a freaking walk-on freshman. I agree. He throws so, the ball around like no other. So that's what I was expecting. I was expecting, you know, it's a simple offense that gives you uh, simple choices to make depending on what you see out there and a lot of dump-downs. And I would say give Neil Brown – and staff time. Oh, without a doubt. To, to get some more guys in the system and kind of get them used to it. Now, I do agree. I expected UK to throw the ball a lot more. I expect a, a 
No, they kind of go up tempo, but I was expecting still something just a little bit faster um, as far as against line of scrimmage, hiking the ball and and throwing the ball out there. I, I I thought really that they would get the ball one, two, three balls out his arm. You know, yeah. the ball's gone. But even that, when they try to do those bubble screens and stuff like that through the outside, their blocking schemes from the receivers are so bad yeah. that that well, just well, that, 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 yeah, The other problem is that the UK's having is that People seen the air raid system before. There's film on it. Right. People to kind of know how to kind of slow it down. And Louisville has recruited, you know, a lot of secondary guys recruited were specifically there to stop, you know, the spread attack and those type of offenses. And you kind of see other SEC schools kind of, you know, as they adopt the spread, they try to go to the spread. Now the defense is slowly beginning to catch up to that spread attack. So, I mean, UK is just going to get some more playmakers. Like I said, I still think Max Smith. Is the guy because he's an accurate passer. Uh, he he does good at checkdowns and reading the defense. Well, his if, arms if, is just not quite as strong, but he's more accurate. But he's he's just too injury prone. I last think last year against Louisville, move he moved the ball great. Um, and you know that Kentucky fumbled the ball away a couple of times. Of course, Kentucky couldn't stop Louisville, but they're all he ran the offense great against Louisville, and then again uh, against Kent State, and of course against Western. Even though like Western won the game, but then he got hurt, but um, and he hasn't been the same since. the The other key for Kentucky is again just catching the ball and executing. A, a lot of drives have been killed against Louisville. They couldn't even convert a third down. At least two of those were drop passes, and one or two were probably fumbles. And that's so. the one thing we missed the second that Randall Cobb went pro, because Randall Cobb, you watch him right now in the NFL. If the ball is anywhere close to him, he's catching. Yeah. He does not drop. Passes or at Stevie all. Johnson for the Bills. Exactly. Know, another yeah. good Kentucky wide receiver. And those guys just, I mean, great hands. And we haven't had that since. And uh, it's it's frustrating. And I, But I agree. It's it's not a Neil Brown problem. It's no. not an X-No problem. It's a Jimmy and Joe problem. That's right. And uh, and help is coming. But now you got to wonder, does Drew Barker step in right away as a freshman and play? Well, you got to hope that he pushes for it. Because if he's supposed to be that good, and he's and, coming in the semester. He's coming in at January. Yeah. So well, he, he's already proved that he's a leader off the field with what he's done with his uh, recruit. Uh, you know, his recruiting class. So hopefully he can do it on the field. You know, and, that, and that's the hope is that he actually can push those other guys to get better. That when he comes in, that Whitlow and Smith are like, "Hey, this, this guy's pretty talented." Or even Towles, you and know, that, who's, yeah. he's already. You know, he, he starts to push them all and to make them all better. Don't sleep on Reese Phillips either. Uh, I think that guy's got uh, the smarts to play at UK. I was impressed with him at the spring game, and he seemed to be at ease, which is what I think. What I think Jalen Whitlow's biggest problem is he can't he can't settle down and, and play the game. He's too nervous, especially to start the game. I'll tell you what. We're going to actually go ahead and take our second break. We got the truth on the line. We'll get him on the other edge. He's going to want to talk a little Indiana. Talk. I know what you said about basketball starting right around the corner. We'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, welcome back to Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Kandoffel here with Jason Stuber and Haven Harrington. And as always, if you want more weekend sports buzz, you can always go to uh, KentuckySports.co. Get a lot of uh, a lot of the guys on these radio stations who write on the on the on that site. 
You got uh, tomorrow morning, 10 to 12, Kelly Patrick, Carlo Kellum. And then uh, tomorrow night, you can tune into Ion 21 at 11 p.m. On, uh, for the Sunday Sports Buzz. Join host Greg Brom for your first chance to recap all the weekend sports action. And uh, right now, we got a caller who wants to talk a little Indiana Hoosiers, I'm sure. The truth. Truth, what is going on? Oh, uh, what's going on? We got the week off. Maybe we can learn how to tackle this week. <laughs> yeah, you had a tough loss last week, you know, uh, you know, going up against uh, the SEC in Missouri. And uh, you had the score, I think, pretty close to right. It was just opposite. Yes, uh, we just didn't uh, execute and tackle. I'm disappointed the way Indiana defense are playing, and I'm going to do some, some research this off season to get me some defensive coach. Do you know a defensive coach? Well, they'll find somebody. I'm, you know, Indiana's still got it going in the right direction. And, uh, oh, yeah. Be- well, you know what? We're getting close to basketball season, man. I I just can't wait to see my new Hoosiers. Well, I'll tell you what, and truth, you know, I, you know, I know. Sounds like a Kentucky fan, you know. Well, after after a tough loss, oh, basketball's around the corner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, but also, you know, I've seen a lot of these Indiana guys, and I know not a lot of people are expecting out a lot of, out of this Indiana basketball team. But I think they're going to surprise a bunch of people. I think they're a top twenty-five team. I'm telling everybody that. Uh, they way they gonna be way better than they was last year. The reason why I say that we're gonna miss Victor Oladipo, we're gonna miss Cody Zell, but we got people. Christian Warford. Don't forget about that guy too. Oh, well, he's was he just he just showed up when he wanted to when he ain't with his girlfriend. He he can play when they ain't arguing. I'm talking about we gonna be able to rebound and play in defense. That's the main thing, defense. We couldn't stop nobody. I think where we're going to be hurt at outside shooting, somebody's going to make up on that. Jordan Hollis is not walking through that door. No, but, you know, Stan Robinson can shoot the ball a little bit. If he can make – Stan Robinson's going to have to get better on the defensive end to get on the floor. And, uh, you know, if he's out there, he's he's a legitimate shooter. That kid's going to be good. Stan Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got, they got some good players coming in. And, uh, you know, the one guy that, in truth, I know you and I have talked about this before, but – Yes, you're going to miss Cody Zeller, but replacing him with a guy like Luke Fisher is not a bad deal. So I know I'll, tell, I'll tell you somebody else that ain't nobody talking about, and I think he's the best. I think he's going to be the next Calvary Chaney on the team is uh, Jeremy Holliver. I think the sky is the limit for him once he'll get confidence into himself playing college basketball. I think he could be the sleeper. Who's the kid named Troy something? Troy Williams. Oh, he's going to oh, be good. He's, he's going to be good. Oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. Here's what I've been telling the people. Uh, we had a top ten recruiting class and number three recruiting class. It's time for people to start a form. If you're a four-star, play like a four-star. And you still got yeah. a, an elite point guard? Uh, well, you know, I, I, you know I was going to save him. We have the best point guard in the country, Yogi Ferrell. This is going to be his last year playing at IU. He's going to the draft, be a first-round pick. Well, you know, the only thing about that is he's so small and uh, and how he uh, how he progresses to the next level, I'm not so sure. But In his outside shooting, kind of It's suspect. still kind of questionable. I mean, he's really kind of a better version of Peyton Siva in some ways. Uh, he's, he's better than Peyton Siva. I did say, I said better, did I not? I said you better. said better. Yeah. Okay. Hey, here's his problem, what he knew. If he can develop a jump shot, because we know he can take the ball to the rack. 
the NBA is coming there with little small guards that can drive, who can hit outside. If he can do that, he got him a job in the NBA. Chris well, Ball type. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. All right. I yeah, mean, have a good. There's a lot of stuff to be excited about for your Indiana basketball fans. So one of them is not your coach, but we'll see. <laughs> Stay off the Twitter, Green. Stay off the Twitter. That actually brings up a point, and I, I think I posted this on uh, our our Facebook page. But did you all see where ESPN they like ranked the top prob- Twitter? The, the, well, no, the probability for basketball success over the next three years, and they 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 took like these five categories, and they had all their basketball gurus um, rank, I guess, where they each of these teams were. Yeah. And just one UK two. What was Louisville? Louisville was top five. I know yeah. that it was based on what coaching and yeah recruiting and. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick because it was. Did you also see that Cal Perry, speaking of Twitter, has more Twitter followers than, than like, the rest of D one coaches combined? I think yeah, the rest of the BCS schools. Combined. Yes, yeah, I, I did see that. Okay, you know what? I can't believe in the middle of football season we're talking basketball. Good lord! It's not the middle of football season; it is the start of basketball season. We got to. It's time to start, man. <laughs> they practices have started. If I if I do have some of my buddies listen, they're probably getting off now because they they don't want to hear about basketball. Are you serious? I've got one in particular down in Bama that. Uh, How can you never want to hear about? Because it's football, man. This is. He's a huge cat fan, and he doesn't want to hear about basketball until football's over. Well, football's not over until like if you're good. It's not over <laughs> until late December. So early January. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, and well, and, it, if Kentucky wins tonight, if they pull off the upset. They have an outside chance at a bowl game, I think. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they have an outside chance. Because if they can win tonight, well, then they can beat Tennessee at home. Tennessee's horrible. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they, Tennessee, Missouri, Mississippi State. I mean, you, Vandy. I mean, those Alabama are all State, winnable, all games. winnable games. They won't win them all, but they'll be they'll have a fighter's chance in all of them. So. Now, now, you two guys are, are Kentucky fans, I take it. Yes. If I, okay. Well, most days. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Good. If the SEC does adopt – an eight- or nine-game schedule, would you guys be in favor of dropping Louisville? Well, all right, so I guess this kind of goes from my business standpoint of looking at this. And also, I could also see where Louisville would want to drop Kentucky. And not only because uh, – and, and I brought up this point because in 2014, they've got their eight ACC games, plus they've got to play Notre Dame, plus they've got to play Kentucky, and then you only got two patsies on the schedule. 2015, you've got – Eight ACC games. Auburn. Auburn on a neutral field, not a home game. Mm-hmm. Kentucky away, mm-hmm. and then two patsies. So you only have six home games. Mm-hmm. And from a from a budgetary standpoint, that is really, really, really tough. No, as, as from a, a, trust me, as a guy who owns a football team. You know. Yes, Those I Those home games are important. Yeah. yeah that They are everything. My, that, feeling is, budget. my feeling is both schools should have flexibility now. So, do I want the series to go away totally as a fan? No. But I think they should have the flexibility to take some years off here and there. No, not me. I think they should play every year. Every well, year. I don't think they should legislate it. You, you, you got to let – you can't – Yeah, you should legislate it. No. no. I think they should You got to let athletic programs – No, no, honestly. I mean, this is a game that should be played every year, regardless of what it is on the schedule. First game, second game, third game – the last game, whatever. This game should be played every year. Now, I, I understand. I have a lot of Kentucky friends, and I understand, you know, the argument that, you know, Louisville hasn't, you know, adding 
playing Louisville hasn't done anything for the Kentucky. Would you agree that it's helped Louisville and hasn't done anything for Kentucky? No, I think it's helped Kentucky more than it's helped Louisville. I think it's helped. Well, it, I think it's, it's helped, it's helped Louisville because it got them, uh, it got the boosters in the community rallied to build this new state. Papa but Jones. it's helped Kentucky because Kentucky didn't really care about football until you started losing Louisville on a consistent basis since the series started. I'd agree with that. And that's when Kentucky I would agree with really that, started. But I we, think need, we need to up our game. Number one. Number two. I think for the state of Kentucky has re-energized high school football. Exactly. That was my in, point. In the state. And I don't think you would have the Brian, the Brahms, the Bushes, uh, the Andre Woodsons, the Keenan Burtons, and those guys coming out of the state if it wasn't for the energy and excitement from the U of L UK game. But at the same time. But you can really, also relate that to the popularity of the popularity of college football has exploded in the past 15 years. Well, without years. a doubt. But what we're seeing then is those guys who would have been really good Basketball. basketball recruits. Yeah. We don't have the basketball recruits that we used to have. Dwayne, you know, those guys aren't around. They're, they're playing football They're all now. playing football. Yeah. Case in point, one yeah. of my good buddies, uh, Mario Uridia, who played yeah. for U of L. Played great basketball player, Frank. He's, he's a great, a phenomenal basketball Might player. Have, was region seven player of the year, I believe, yeah. as a junior. But chose football over basketball. Michael think, Bush. Jason Osborne. Jason Osborne didn't play football. I know. <laughs> We're missing those players, though. No, but, I mean, we're talking about the guys that chose football. Some tells me he would have never made it in football. No. He no. was 6'8 and 150. But, you know, Montrell Jones wasn't a bad basketball player. Mike, I mean, uh, Mike, Mike Brown. Bush. Huh? Mike Brown. Mike Brown. The, the, the bandit back for uh, for the University of uh, Louisville there. Played for Tampa Bay for a little bit. He okay. Actually, he actually won the dunking contest two years in a row in a in NMRL basketball at UofL. There you go. And then uh, even as uh, uh, recently as a couple years ago, we had the kid from Moore – Played in the Derby Classic, great basketball player, playing football down at Arkansas, McHale. So, hmm. uh, you know, it's just it's it's taken. I think a lot of our. Is he really the guy that's transferred in Cincinnati? I don't know. I haven't checked. Didn't they have a receiver that from Louisville went down there, played well? It's probably got to be him then. I would think at Arkansas last yeah. year. And I think he's transferring to Cincinnati. So, but uh, that's been the one thing that I guess has been because I, I think it, it's done a ton for high school football, and I think it has done. Um, a ton for Louisville, and you know I do think that them losing to Louisville has made Kentucky have to you know put a little more effort into the football side of it. So, well, uh, something interesting: Alabama canceled uh, Michigan State game. They they backed out of Michigan State game. I think two or three seasons from now, and they actually made a comment that it's they did that because of the potential of having to play nine SEC games. So. Granted, that's not a rivalry they backed out of, an interstate rivalry, but uh, you're already seeing people start to com- contemplate that. So it'll you be know, interesting. You have seen like some, you know, some schools kind of back out of long-standing rivalries because of either conference affiliation, like a West Virginia and Pittsburgh in a backyard brawl was a, one of the most heated rivalries in college football. Right. But as soon as West Virginia went to the the Big Twelve, it, it was over. Well, well Texas, Texas, it is all Texas about A&M. Yeah, it's all about the money and. Which means it's all about the wins. Which means you got to get the bowl games. So, but the thing is, as, as a UK fan, though, wouldn't it almost be like admitting defeat, dropping the U of L series, so you can schedule a winnable game. No, I mean no, I mean because it works. That works both ways. Well, if if Going the game the is dropped, there's no doubt that Louisville can say when the series was on, we dominated you guys. That's the facts. And um, yeah, it would be a little bit uh, admitting defeat. From that perspective, I don't want to do it, especially since I think um, things are going to be different for Kentucky with Stoops. And I think Louisville, they'll still have a good program, but they're going to be years that they're going to have 
bad years going into a more competitive conference. Because I know, like, from, from UVL's perspective, I know Kenny Klein, Tom Jurich, none of those guys want to drop the series at all. I mean, they're, they'll do everything they can to keep playing Kentucky every year. And I think moving it to the last game of the season is awesome. Personally, because I, I agree you, with that. I, see, I think it makes other, it so irrelevant. It's not even no, I think but, it makes it. See, it, it depends though on how relevant it's going to be because it depends one how good Kentucky you know gets to be, and it all depends on what what Louisville does in the ACC once they get there. Because you know, we're most likely Devontae Parker won't be going to ACC with us. I know Teddy Bridgewater's not. I mean, he he's gone, and if he came back, I would seriously have to smack Teddy. But there's always. If it's at the if it's the last game of the season, there's always even if one team or both teams have horrible years, you got you still got that last game bragging rights, pride, and and you got a reason for fans to show up. So I think it I like it, and it, traditionally most other schools play their rival last game of the season. Yeah, and I can say this about UK. Now, like I said, I understand UK trying to get to six wins and trying to schedule six wins, but. I think the SEC is kind of beginning in, in a downward in a downturn because you cannot you can kind of see it already. Tennessee is no, I mean Tennessee hasn't been Tennessee in about ten years now. True. Florida has been good since Meyer left. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with South Carolina once Spurrier yeah. leaves. Mississippi, retires. you know what? I, I, I personally, I think South Carolina has always been overranked since Spurrier's been there. I, I think they get a lot of extra pub and bounce only because Spurrier's there. But look at but look at South Carolina. You know, the most seasons they're. They're above average team, but, but they they're, they're, they're always they're not world beaters. Yeah, they're, they're always, always flawed, flawed, and they always lose one or two games that you're, they're head scratchers. Yeah, they always lose those one or two head scratching games. A, that's called a Clemson. Yeah, and Clemson. Yeah, <laughs> going to Clemson, but they do the same thing. Clemson are world beaters, and then they'll find some way to lose to NC State, uh, Maryland, and, and, and they'll trip up against a bad team. Well, here's something for you. I think Georgia's on shaky ground. If they, I know, I have friends down in Georgia that have been around the program, and fans are. They were grumbling last week when they struggled a little bit against, I would think, North Texas. Well, they don't like Mark Richt. They don't like him. And if he loses today when they were expecting to be a top-five team, granted he's he might be playing the best team in the country today and he already played a top-five team in Clemson, they don't care. You know, they were supposed to have it be a top-five team too. They, they, want, they expect wins. You know, I think a couple of years ago when Georgia played LSU in an SEC championship game, I think that was their best year to kind of get over the hump, but I think they got intimidated. LSU or Alabama? Alabama. Yeah, it was Alabama because they they were one play they were five yards away from winning yeah. that. But my my thing is, I think they got intimidated because they were throwing the ball with ease. Not mm-hmm. not so much ease, but they were really spreading it around. They were throwing the ball. They built a nice lead, and then they went to typical I I consider like typical SEC mode, where now we're going to run the ball and try and run the clock out. When they should have kept attacking and attacking. Once they stopped attacking, they allowed them to get back in the game. Momentum switched, yeah. and they lost. To me, Georgia's problem is they just, you know, it's like some schools and teams just seem to have that block. Like just can't get over whatever stumbling block is in their way. And I think for Georgia, it's they have to stay aggressive. And you know, they're they're an offensive minded SEC team that likes to spread it around. They should be that, you know. I think you're right, though. At Georgia, it's a mentality with Georgia. It's the same thing with Kentucky and losing 26 straight years of Florida. There's a mental, there's a mental hump there that they can't get over. I mean, Kentucky for some reason has been able to beat LSU every now and then, and have been able to beat Georgia every now and then. But when it comes to, it used to be Tennessee, but now Florida, it's a mental thing. 
Mike, do you think it was a intimidation thing with Bama versus Notre Dame last year? Uh, I definitely think that Notre Dame came in maybe a little overhyped and thought they wanted to come in and, and do something. They, they were intimidated. slapped in the mouth real fast and then was, you know, it kind of all went downhill from there. And they had a lot of mistakes that kind of snowballed, which is to me the sign of someone that was intimidated. Yep. I don't think the talent discrepancy was as much as what it showed on the field. I, Alabama is so freaking fast, though, and I think that definitely yeah. separated them. To me, I always thought it was more of an offensive talent deficit, especially the quarterback position for Notre Dame. And, you know, they just didn't have the trigger man you need to go against Alabama. I mean, against the Alabama squad, you need a great quarterback. Great and first hour. We got we to gotta go to the break. They had a girlfriend issue last year, too. <laughs> we'll be right back on the weekend <laughs> sports buzz. <laughs> You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. We got the Chili Peppers bringing us in for the second hour of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike and Dobble here, joined by Jason Stuber and Haven Harrington. Make sure you all call in 384-1450. That's the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. And if you can't listen to us live, you can be sure to log on to 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Click on podcasts and listen to every show in 1450's local lineup. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 1450 The Sports Buzz podcasts are hosted exclusively by LiveSportsCaster.com. They're the number one local provider for live streaming and sporting events and the best place to start your own sports broadcast, sports podcast. It's 100% free and a great way for you to begin a career in broadcasting. Excuse me. So we got some heated discussion going on here. It's all good, you know. I, got, I, I wanted to spend the last segment actually talking a little bit about baseball. This is the last weekend of uh, the Major League Baseball season, and I am a big baseball fan. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, we should be in for a really good – Go Blue Jays. Go Blue, uh, the Blue Jays are eliminated. Yes, they're out. But, you know, uh, what about the Cubs? How are they doing? The Cubs are out. Yeah, They were out in May. The Cubs yeah. actually would would have been out in a triple-A. Uh, Yay for steroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a decent point right there, too, because we got the announcement that Bud Selig is going to be hanging it up after next baseball season. And uh, obviously, Bud Selig, commissioner of baseball for 22 years, saw us go through the strike, saw us go through the steroid era. He's the one who put in the wild card. And the real reason why he's sticking around next year is so he can broaden baseball's use of replay, which I personally hate. Um, really? Yeah. I'm a baseball purist. Like I don't like the DH. I don't, you know. I feel like I feel like people making mistakes is kind of part of the game. And I, I'm a, and I and I always go back to um, the Detroit Tiger pitcher a couple of years ago that could have had that perfect game, but the umpire blew the call at first, and that was awful. And Major League Baseball could have stepped in and easily corrected that situation because it was the last. It would have been the last out of the game. But the way that the pitcher and the umpire handled that situation to me is everything that's really good about sports. And with replay, you don't even have the opportunity for that to even kind of occur. Well, you know, I want to give Major League Baseball credit for one thing. They have the best of all the major you know, sports leagues, whether it's the NBA or NFL, Major League, I guess I can say Major League Soccer. Um, they have the best online presence, I think, of all the major leagues. I mean, the things they're doing with the – with their iPhone app and the iPad app, is phenomenal. It's like light years ahead of what anybody else is doing. What are they doing? I mean, well, I mean, just like you and I last night, Jason and I were hanging out in the backyard, enjoying a little uh, 
of uh, Blanton's, Blanton's and, a, and a nice cigar and listening to the Major League at Bad app and listening to the Reds, you know, and just enjoying how nice it was outside. Yeah, and the, the ability like, to watch games, to sign up. Of course, you know, you do have to sign up. You do have to have a, a yearly subscription. But the fact that you can listen to all the games, watch all the highlights, the app is really easy to use. It's very interactive, and it's open on all platforms, which I think is great because the NFL mobile app is kind of uh, – Awkward. It's, it's it, awkward. Well, one, is, one is awkward, and two, unless you're on Verizon, you don't get all the features. Like, you can't watch the highlights and a lot of other things. You can't watch full games unless you're on Verizon. So, like, everybody else is just stuck. Well, speaking of which, that's the, what you just mentioned is the best thing ever because the major league, the baseball app, the app ad app, they will literally, within probably a couple hours of the game being done, they'll put a condensed version of the game that I can basically watch a complete baseball game in, like, 13 minutes. Because they only show you the, they don't show you every pitch. They just show you the hits and the outs, and they keep it moving. It's you know, it's it's pretty cool. I, I agree with that actually. Um, I, I love the MLB at Bad App. Um, they can go ahead and send their sponsorship money to the Weekend Sports Buzz. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but uh, you know, baseball playoffs. This is it. The National League playoffs are pretty much set. We know that the uh, the three division champions are going to be the St. Louis Cardinals, the Atlanta Braves, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Cardinals and Braves, though, are right now they're tied for the best record in the National League to see who's going to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs or throughout the National League uh, side of the playoffs. We know Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are going to be uh, in the wild card game. Pittsburgh wins one more game they get to host, and if Cincinnati's got to win the last two games in order to host that wild card game, which can, don't they play this weekend? They're playing right now, so they got the two games against each other. Uh, the Pirates beat the Reds last night four to one. Reds have dropped three straight. The Reds clinched their uh, playoff spot, and then they they dropped three straight. And two of those are against the Mets, and the Mets are terrible, and they've all been at home. So can't stress, though, how important it is for to host that, that game. I mean, uh, the Reds are 20 games over 500 at home. The Pirates are 19 games over 500 at home. Pirates haven't had a... Uh, haven't had a playoff game in Pittsburgh since, the, you know, since Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla in 1992. So... It's a huge and, – and actually the pitching matchup for that game is going to be Matt Latos versus Laureano. And Laureano is very good in Pittsburgh, but not very good in Cincinnati. So it's really important that the Reds come out and, and get these two wins uh, so that they can host uh, that the wild card matchup on Tuesday night. So that's my little baseball nugget right there. I'll leave it at that because I know a lot of people don't care. <laughs> no, you know, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not really like the biggest of baseball fans. I don't really follow baseball up until like right about now. And my problem is, you know, like baseball heats up like at the beginning of foot at, at the worst possible time at the beginning of football season is when baseball kind of starts to heat up. And you would think, man, this is awesome. But with the NFL going to uh, now Monday, Sunday, and now Thursday nights, it's just kind of really hard to to get in there. But you know, I, I like baseball. I, what I find fascinating are, are like baseball periods such as yourself and like the whole steroid era because I'm kind of cynical. And I think personally that everybody knew what was going on with HGH. I don't think it took anybody by surprise. It was a business decision. It was. It was, it was a business decision because HGH saved baseball because after that strike, nobody was watching baseball. I mean, the stands were empty. Television was like what, what, the viewership was in half. And I mean, that home run, uh, 
And that home run derby kicked off, and it changed everything. It did. I mean, I, I'm not going to debate that one bit. It's like baseball got what it needed out of HGH and then turned its back on and said, okay, now you guys are being bad. I'm not, I'm not going to debate that one bit. And, and you know, I think attendance baseball, is up right now across the board, Major League Baseball. Overall, it was good, except unless you're in Houston. Uh, everything's baseball-wise, is, is really good. So, uh, And having the second wild card, I mean, the American League is still wide open. They had the division champions, but there's a lot of people. There's a lot of teams still alive for that last wild card spot, and uh, with just two games to play. I'm gonna be. I'm interested to see where baseball's gonna be 20 years from now. Well, well, I'm because the young, as the older fans die off, stop going, get old. The younger kids these days aren't. I don't think there's as many kids playing baseball. Um, or you know, there's there's so many other sports that take away from baseball that are. More fun to watch. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to be interested to see what happens 20 years from now. Which well, to me, I think the most interesting thing is, what do you do with the steroid era athletes? I mean, like, does Barry Bonds ever make it to the Hall of Fame? What about Roger Clemens? Does he make it to the Hall of Fame? Andy Pettit? Does Andy Pettit go to the Hall of Fame? My only argument for those guys is that I think Bonds. Before he used steroids, he was a Hall of Famer. He was a Hall of Famer, and same thing with Clemens. Well, it's, and but did what they did, you know. But I'm a Pete Rose guy, and Pete Rose bets on his team. To me, you know, he didn't do anything to alter the. He just believed in his team. He didn't do anything to alter the end of a ball game. He didn't bet against his team and then throw a game like Jordan bet up bet on the Bulls. You know, whereas Bonds and Clemens and all those guys who used performance enhancing drugs did something that altered their performance. So I, I don't know. I, I could see it go either way. We actually have a caller right now. Is it Billy Ty Webb? Billy. Hey, there. hey what's going on? Tube? What's going on, Billy? How's it going? Hey, going well. I'm driving up to Notre Dame to watch Notre Dame crush those pansies from Oklahoma. Nice. That should be, a, talk about the game yet? That should be an awesome, awesome atmosphere. There's nothing better than being in South Bend on a Saturday afternoon in the fall. That's beautiful. I'm sorry to miss my cast whoop up on those Gators, but I got to go up there and and, uh, and watch the Irish do it right because you know they went into uh, Norman last year and won big. Yeah, that was so a that was a great game. game. That was a great game. What do you think about Notre Dame this year? I'm a really kind of. I mean, I, I'm. I think I'm. I don't know about Haven, but I know I'm a pretty big Notre Dame fan, uh, and I'm a little uh, concerned just overall about. Uh, I'm really kind of upset with the defense, to be honest with you. The defense has kind of underperformed from what I expected for them to play this year. Um, I think they got some good young players, but their offense is kind of bland. And well, We uh, talked about this last week. Notre Dame, since Kelly's been there, has had top five classes ever, well, ever since he's been there, and he's, what, fourth year now? Yep. And they can't seem to find any skill players on offense, and I don't understand that. Well, they've had some good receivers, and – I think they got some good. They got some good running backs. The quarterback situation is unfortunate, and, right now. and that's the problem. It all, it all goes back to the trigger man, mm-hmm. and with the type of offense that Kelly runs, you have to have a good trigger man. And Notre Dame just hasn't been able to find that guy. You know, they haven't been able to find the. Well, they had it, the, the and he just cheated. So, <laughs> but he, but they also he does not run the same offense that he did at Cincinnati. I think he ran more of a spread offense in it. Oh, he did at Notre Dame. It's more of the a, grass is a little higher at Notre Dame. So I don't, you know, <laughs> on purpose. So maybe, hey, uh, Billy, do you go to Notre Dame a lot? Yeah, I go up once a year. Once a year, don't miss it. Don't miss it. So for people who haven't been, what are the what are the things when you go up to Notre Dame that you have to do when you get on campus? 
Oh, uh, you know, you got to you gotta go see uh, Touchdown Jesus, Touchdown Jesus, as I call him. Uh, it's great. You got to go over to the grotto, light a candle. Love the grotto. You got to eat a nice Columbus steak sandwich. got to eat a nice Columbus steak sandwich of the best. And, uh, you know, in Notre Dame, you go look at all those highs and trophies they have. Unlike other programs, they don't have any. Notre Dame's got like six or seven of them sitting up there. So you got to go up there and look at all those. So it's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good, it's a good day. Well, I suggest everybody do it. Well, Billy, thank you. The other thing I like to do is, like, the band does their little concert uh, over the, you know, right before they march into uh, Notre Dame Stadium. I also like that, following the band into Notre Dame Stadium. That's their, a lot of fun. Their trophy case is getting old. Oh, man. Wow. we got to run her up. All right, Billy, thanks for calling. Be sure to call up, call again. All bronze and no uh, crystal yet. <laughs> so, Go Irish. Go Irish. I like it. Go Irish. All right, we were just talking about the whole uh, – I had a great transition from baseball into the uh, something we were going to talk about in college football. We do. We do have a text question. How, how do we, how do we think Dominique uh, easily being out will impact the Cats' ability to establish some running game? Again, their depth of defense. They're going to replace him with someone who's not as well known, but a, another great pedigree type player. Yeah, another, but this guy was a top ten draft it, pick. You, you, they're going to have they're going to have talent backing him up, but. You don't replace. Supposedly, he was the heart of the defense as far as his the fire, at least the defensive line with his attitude and the way he played. Um, I say attack. I, 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 through the I, air or through the ground? I, or? I attack the ground. Raymond I, Sanders and jo- JoJo Kemp, baby. Yeah, I mean, Sanders has the speed. If he gets a little crease, you know, he can get in the secondary, has, has some wiggles. You know, he can make a couple of guys miss. and you, you never know. But, you know, you have to attack. I think on offense, Kentucky – has to attack. I mean, you, you cannot hold back. No. Don't deke and dunk. I would go deep like the first couple of series. At least in the first series, I would try to go deep just to let them know that you will at least attempt to go deep so their safeties have to respect you and kind of back them up a little bit and then attack. you got to take a high-risk, high-reward kind of oh, you have attitude to. because if you can get up somehow two scores on Florida. The game's over. It could be over. I mean, that's what Louisville did last yeah. year, right? That's what happened in the Sugar Bowl. Yep. Came out and hit him in the mouth, and Florida never recovered. And, and when Kentucky beat Brom, uh, when Stevie Johnson got loose, that's what we did against them. And we no, no, a- I was different. I was Cragthorpe. <laughs> Those were dark. You know what? Those were dark days. Because that's actually a verb now. I've actually turned that into a verb. You've been Cragthorpe. Yeah. <laughs> I got a buddy who calls him Frothorpe. <laughs> that was the worst. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Cragthorpe years. That's like the dark ages. I mean, how do you take an 11-win team and then three years later, you know, you're, you're, you're scraping for four wins? I mean, it's just. That's like taking a Cadillac to a, you know, Pinto or something. I don't know. And, I mean, it's just. The, 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 really, it was, after just the, it was after the Kentucky game. It was all over. No, if, it, if you look back, I mean. It was all over before then. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, seriously. It, it was all over. I knew the Crackthorpe was the wrong hire. The second game of the season, we played Middle Tennessee State. And Middle Tennessee State had 555 yards of offense. At that particular moment, I knew you were in trouble. You're in trouble. We got another question from right. from Steve in Greensburg. He asks, "Is Muschamp's job on the line today?" Well, I mean, this is a guy who's 14 and three. I mean, this is it's it's pretty, no. His first year, he was didn't even make a ball. I don't think he was 500. You're talking about the last two years. And the last two years, he's 14 and three. Yeah. And so, but. The Florida fans were not happy the way they got dominated by Louisville, and they're not happy losing to Miami. I feel it's it's kind of ironic that we talk about 
Is Muschamp in danger of getting fired, or is Muschamp in danger of going to Texas to take the Texas job? Uh, no. <laughs> How can you go either uh, way? He's in danger of getting fired. No chance of the Texas job. No, no, no chance. They don't. By, even, they don't even want him at Texas anymore. Bob Petrino have a better chance of going to Texas. Well, you know, there. I still, I still feel like that whole thing where they could throw tons of cash at Saban. I don't think I'm. I'm not ruling that one out. I know Saban's come out and said that that's not going to happen. And, it's you know we got a text from Lou in uh, Boston says Gators by nineteen. I could see that. I could see it too. Hmm. I mean, I I'm, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't shock me at all. But uh, but if it's nineteen, it's, it's because Kentucky couldn't score. It's not because Florida racked up all kinds of points. Yeah, because Florida's not an offensive juggernaut, and we saw that. You know, it's like last year, like Florida. Like Florida players were upset because they weren't in a national championship game last year, you know. And I was down to Orleans, and, you know, and I had to tell the Florida fans to say, "What made you guys think that you're going to be a national championship when you you took a last second pump block to beat Bowling Green, you barely beat you know University of Monroe?" And it was like, "Well, you guys didn't beat UConn. So that's different than the Big East. <laughs> so that's, that's completely different." I said, "You're going to be national championship. You barely team. beat Southern Miss. How about that one?" Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of schools that, that they barely that they barely beat. So we're, and we're a younger team. So, a much younger team. We got to take a break, and then uh, we will be right back to talk a little more college football on the other side. Uh, this is the Weekend Sports Bus. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Bus. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, welcome back, Weekend Sports Buzz. You can catch the Notre Dame Fighting Irish Battle of the Oklahoma Suitors this Saturday on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will join the game in progress following the conclusion of the Western Kentucky postgame show. So uh, right now, 1450 The Sports Buzz is the home for Notre Dame and Western Kentucky football. And uh, the even be around for Hilltopper basketball, too. So uh, uh, it should be good. good times here on 1450 if you're a Hilltopper fan, if you want to catch the Irish. You can tune into uh, 1450 as well. So the uh, Notre Dame-Oklahoma game is what our caller mentioned earlier. Um, and we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the Big 12. And there there was a chance, and Haven brought up this point over the, through the week, there was a chance that Louisville could be in the Big 12 right now and not West Virginia. And if this Louisville team was in the Big 12, they would probably be the favorite to win the Big 12. I, I would think so because I don't think they're – Oklahoma's pretty good, but it's not the Oklahoma of of old. It's Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. The Oklahoma fans, not, they're kind of like Georgia. They don't like their coach. They, they don't like Stoops. Right. They don't like – And his recruiting classes have progressive, progressively gotten worse since he's been there. Uh, and that's and that's true. And Texas, obviously, is, is terrible this year. And I mean, it would have been Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Now – Baylor has a you – know, And Baylor's like, decent, yeah. yeah. But if Louisville goes undefeated on this Big 12 schedule... They would be in the national championship. They'd be in the national championship. Do you disagree with that, Jason? No, I don't disagree with that, but I don't think they'd go undefeated. They, they might win the league, but I think they'd, win, or they'd lose at least one game. Is it unforeseeable? I mean, would it be unimaginable that they would go undefeated with that schedule? I think so. You didn't think that... Would you think that they would be favored in every game? Yes. Yeah, but so they could go... They could, if they were going to be favored in every game, then they could go undefeated. No. Yes, but even this year... I don't think they'd be favored in every game. You don't think they would have been favored? I don't think so because, you know, college football is based on a lot of tradition. And Louisville has Midland football tradition, not like the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So I think even if we played Oklahoma, 
I think some people still probably give Oklahoma the nod because they're more of a known no commodity. Body. Yeah. Even though we're seventh in the nation, Oklahoma, I think, is like 11th or 12th or, you know, kind of in that, in that area. I still think people kind of give Oklahoma a nod because it's Oklahoma. But I, I, I think Louisville could win the Big 12 only I, because a lot of people don't give our defense credit for being as good as our defense really is. But we have a, a tremendous defense. I mean, Charlie has really put together a great defense at U of L. Oklahoma's fourteen. Oklahoma State's eleven. Uh, Oklahoma State is kind of, and you know, we're, we're having this discussion. Oklahoma State's got a legitimate chance of going undefeated, but they've started so far back. Even if they go undefeated, I don't know if they'd be able. Oklahoma to, will pull Clemson. They always do. They'll, they'll choke towards the end. Well, like they'll, last year, lose, they'll lose to somebody they shouldn't. Yeah, like last year lost to Notre Dame, and that's a, a school technically on paper you thought they would have beaten Notre Dame. The Notre Dame team was good last year. Don't you? I know they got beat by Alabama really bad, but they were still good. I mean, they they were. Yeah, you know what? Notre Dame is a very mature team. Last yeah. year they were. Even, even this yeah. year, because they they found ways to to win games that you think that they're going to lose, like Michigan State. You know, they get down, but they have the tenacity. They fight back. They make the plays down the stretch that you need to make in order to win. They managed the female issues. They didn't let that get into their heads because they just kept it online and through Twitter. There so, you go. It was imaginary. So. That's right. All right, so anyway, back to the back to the point. You have, you have Louisville, I think for this year, it could have benefited Louisville to be in the Big 12. Okay. Oh yeah, cause, yeah. Th- this is the greatest team. Uh, and gives Teddy a better history. Teddy's got a better chance to win the Heisman. All that stuff happens. A better chance if you're in the Big Twelve. In the long run, though, there's no doubt about it. The ACC for all their sports for much where they're fit. going, it's a much better fit. Much much better. And fit. I go to West Virginia. West Virginia has almost become completely irrelevant in basketball and football, based off you know moving to their Big Twelve. I mean, they can't really. I don't know. They haven't been able to really keep up with, uh, and they've lost. A, I think you've made a great point losing a lot of those ties to schools like Pittsburgh and, and yeah, Maryland and all those. Schools yeah, you are, lost the ties. You lost your your rivals with Pittsburgh and Maryland. Which, well, they did play Maryland last week and got beat, but they got they got destroyed. But uh, but that that loses like you know once you lose those rivalries, you also lose the, the recruits that you would normally get from the Pennsylvania area, right? Recruits that you get from Virginia. And in the Maryland area, and most importantly, you know they got a lot of players from Florida as well. But yep. now that well, let me ask you this are, though: Would West Virginia have ever been invited to the ACC? No, no. So I, they they made the best move. They they made the best move. They for they them. should have made oh, that yeah. move. Yeah, and, yeah. Me, I mean, and, and Louisville's off of that move. Louisville would have taken the heartbeat. Yeah, I, mean, I just think Louisville and at the time, worked out knowing what they knew then, control. they had to do it. Yeah, they had no choice. At that particular time, they, they, had, they had no choice but to do it. And the Big 12, actually, though, really didn't fit their athletic program needs at all. But but the ACC's perfect. Well, it was all about getting in the BCS yeah. uh, league before the Big East blew up, basically. All right, we got a call on the line. Wayne is on the line. Wayne, are you there? Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Mr. Harrington? Hey, what's going on? You know who this is? Yeah. How you doing? Absolutely. I, I just I was I turned the radio on this one. I said that sound like Mr. Harrington. Let me let me call in. Absolutely. <laughs> the Haven you Harrington. Fan okay, club. That's right. This is this is Wayne. Man, Wayne is a Wayne has been a big time uh, listener to us on the main event forever. Good. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. glad you glad you came over to the sports buzz, and we're glad you called in. I'm glad as well. I'm, I'm just gonna make a few points. Uh, I'm listening as always. 
And and I, you know what I would love to see one day, Harrington, is if the talking heads would actually come to Louisville, see what Louisville's about, instead of all this, well, their, their schedule, uh, their league, that's BS. Come to Louisville and, and know about Louisville before you, before you get on the, on the TV or the radio media, talk down on truth if you don't know nothing about it. And, and if, they would, if they would come here, they would see that Louisville's got excellent facilities, it's a nice city, and they got an excellent football team. Plus, nobody is recognizing their defense. Their defense is outstanding. They can say what they want to say, the competition. It does not matter. If you're stopping people, you're doing something right. And, 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 and as far as this perception thing, I, 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 I get so sick and tired of that, especially about Alabama. I'm not impressed with them at all. If your defense gives up 32 points, you're weak. Weak. 32 points against Texas A&M, I'm not impressed with them at all. At all. And, and I venture to say, you know, all these, all these talking heads and all these teams, why, 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 why can't Louisville get a game? Why do you keep ducking Louisville? If, you, if you're the best, you play the best anytime, anywhere. You don't worry about getting beat if you're good. Because if, you, if, you, if, you, if, if you're as good as you think you are, you don't duck people. Alabama duck Louisville. Georgia duck Louisville. Georgia duck Louisville. See, that, that tells me what they're all about. Nothing. It would have been. You know, it, I, I, I'll give the SEC credit. I'll give them their props. It's a tough league. But the league doesn't make you the best. You play the game on the field, but you the best that day. That's what it's all about. I don't care what league you come out of. The games are won on the field. They're not, they're not won in the league. Play the game on the field and we'll see who's the best. And then one other thing, too, is, um, again, another thing I take issue with the talking is, how could they not recognize Russ Smith? He was the second-team All-American last year. That's ludicrous. But, you know, but, but, that, but that's just a perception they have a little They don't know anything about Louisville, and, and they, they think Louisville's second rate. They would, I'd just say if any of them would come to Louisville, see what Louisville's about. Louisville's an excellent, excellent city, got excellent facilities, and on top of that, as far as the team goes, Louisville—it's it, several people on Louisville seem to suffer anybody in the country. Period. And, and if you look at if you look at the, at the top ten, I only see one one quarterback. Well, man, he gives a lot of props. Bridgewater—he could he could throw for any of them. Devontae Parker could play for any of them. And, and they, they know about Dyer. He started at Auburn when they won the championship. So Louisville's got great quality players. But the top of the head, they don't, they don't realize that. They, 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 they don't even, tradition means nothing. That, that means jack. Well, you I, play the game on the field, we see who's the best that day. I'll say. And, and I venture to, I venture any of the talking heads to call me on that. And prove me, with, with the exception of Louisville's schedule, that's all they can talk about. Do they talk about their defense? Do they talk about the quality players they got? All they can talk about is their schedule and the league they're in. That, that's your only, that's your only rationale. Where, why they shouldn't be in the top, you know, the, the championship game. The Louisville the BCS school? Well, they, they might have a good defense, but we don't know. How do we know? We don't, I mean, again, you got to go off what you see. I mean, I, I'm not going to – I, I, I would have loved to have seen an out, uh, Louisville-Georgia game this year that we should have seen. We got cheated out seeing that Louisville-Georgia game. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But until someone knocks the SEC off, the SEC's the best. Well, you know what? In regards to that, that statement that you just made, you know it's all political. Who was an SEC team in there every year? Case in point, how come boys you never got to play for the championship? TC you never got to play for it. They were quality teams. Well, why, gonna... why did they not get to play for it? And then, and then when both of them were undefeated, why was why was TCU and boys playing each other instead well, of somebody else? Well, I mean that's I mean that's part of it. Thank you for the call, Wayne. I hope you call back. I love the passion. I love the energy. We're gonna, but we are gonna, we're gonna move on. Let's talk about some of those points because it's not the schedule is We've not. We've got a lot of listeners that. That want to talk UK. Uh, we got UK coming UK's up. UK's playing this week. We so. got that. I understand that. But we got a, you know, Louisville's schedule is not their fault. 
They had a, they did have teams drop them off, but they again, why are they, is Louisville scheduling home in a way with teams like Arkansas State and what you know and and things like that that kind of built up to this in the first place? And um, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I find it kind of hard that Louisville can't get a game, but Connecticut can Michigan, and Connecticut's had success too recently. It's not like they've been a, a slouch. Well, the, to, the the big difference is is that Louisville, especially right now, is the ultimate trap game. And if you're a program that has, but so so in the same light, Connecticut and Cincinnati would have been the same way. Well, the difference is Connecticut is suspect. And they, they are. They, they they've been pretty suspect in football. So you you pretty much know that they're like a, a BCS school in name. I'm gonna say name only, but they're a BCS school. But that's a very very winnable BCS program. Yep. You know, like if you play Louisville this year, last year, you know, Louisville has a ton of weapons on offense and a ton of weapons on defense. And if you're trying to, you know, make a run to get to BCS bowl game, you know, Louisville's a team that you really don't want to put on your schedule because there's a good chance that you're going to lose that game. I'm just saying if Michigan can play UConn, who has had success in the old Big East as a, as a championships, you know, they've been to a BCS game. Cincinnati's been to a couple of the BCS games. And it seems like those schools can schedule somebody; they can get it done. And those, and those schools also would do a, a two for one. In Cincinnati's case, Cincinnati, and, and they're okay with doing a two for one. But George has to pay for a brand new expanded stadium. I mean, what the Huskies play hasn't been updated since like the sixties. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati Stadium has been updated since like the literally has been updated since like the thirties. I mean, it's still like the same stadium they've been playing in since. The thirds. I think this is the first year to actually when I actually put some money into it and actually kind of start the you know the renovations and expansion of the stadium. But you got to pay for Papa John's, and it's just well, you do have to pay like, for Papa John's. But part of that, if you had to do a two for one, I mean, I think that's the next step that you had to take in order to get there. If you wanted to have some kind of uh, relevance in the and in, in, in what was going on this year, now again, Louisville was on pace to having that this year with Georgia. And uh, they got screwed out of it. Did they have a chance of playing Alabama and Virginia Tech? Didn't really cooperate. Yes. yes. I mean, I'm not. I'm not debating that, and I'm not saying that this is completely their fault. But at the same time, some of these other schools can get it done as well to to find a quality opponent in there. And I don't. I and even I don't understand it. why would you not do a two for one with one of these schools, but you would go to Arkansas State. Well, because one with those two for one deals, you never guarantee that return game. Because a lot of times, like uh, UNC, when we played uh, North Carolina a couple of years, you know, I was supposed to keep on going, and then you know, UNC bought themselves out of an extra two games. So you know, e- even though you do the two for one, you never guarantee that that one, and that's and that's the other problem. Because you know, like we could do two for one with LSU, but you never you never guarantee that LSU is going to come back and do their one because LSU may be like, yeah, you know what. It's not going to work out for us, so we're going to give you like four or five million dollars. Thanks. Talk to you later. I don't know. Rutgers can play. Rutgers can schedule Arkansas, and obviously that was a trap game. They got beat. I mean, you know, Arkansas didn't have a BCS game to play for. Okay, so even getting a, you know, an opponent in a, on the lower end of a BCS caliber type to get in there, which they've done in the past. You know, teams like Oregon State and teams like uh, North Carolina that they've bought. That still would have been a much uh, better schedule yeah, they, this year than they, what they had. The schedule this year is horrible, but 
It is what it is. But they can't th- do anything. Thank about goodness it. we're buying our time. You know, we're not going to be. I don't think as good as next year as we are this year. Oh, because you know you won't have Teddy. You won't. You won't have Devontae Parker. But Will Gardner is. I, I think will be a, a great quarterback. He's not going to be like. I mean, Teddy's one in millions, so you're not going to have another Teddy Bridgewater. It's, it's not going to happen. But I think Will Gardner can be. You know, it's like Dave Ragone. You know, it's those long line of Louisville quarterbacks. And I think Louisville's going to be very competitive next year in the ACC. And uh, especially our defense. I, I think a lot of people really sleep on Louisville's defense. I mean, FIU was horrible. I mean, FIU lost Bethune-Cookman But, you know, that was, they were a bowl team two years ago. You can't expect yeah. that they're going to progress and go in that direction. And that, but, when they know, made that schedule, that's, you know, that's that's just unfortunate. But so, to hold a team so to 30 not, yards. Louisville's not playing today. Louisville's not playing today. All right, we're taking a break. We're, we're losing we're listeners. We're done with Louisville talk. I don't think we're losing listeners. I still think there's a lot of people that care about Louisville football. We're, uh, we talked a lot about Kentucky football last week when I mean, they were off. Dude, it's a top ten team. We have to talk about. <laughs> you have to talk about a top ten team now. I mean, you guys like you know. I give you guys credit. Top one hundred. No, we have been. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our last break. We're going to come back. We're going to break down Kentucky, Florida, and we're going to pick some football games. This is Mike Indafo. This is the Weekend Sports Buzz. We will be right back. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. All right, getting us ready for Halloween with a little thriller. I love it. Speaking of which, Friday, October 11th, the Caulfield's Halloween Parade. Eddie Munster is the Grand Marshal this year. The parade will begin at Baxter Avenue, at the Baxter Avenue Morgue, and end at the Mid-City Mall. That's Friday, October 11th. Uh, so I, I want to get into college football this last segment. You know, we got 15 minutes to talk, pick some games, talk some UK, Florida. I, one thing I want to bring up that happened this week that I just fully do not understand. Tiger Woods was named the PGA Player of the Year. What? Tiger? How, how's that happen? I don't know. You got to win a major to be the PGA Player of the Year, don't you? At least one. I don't know, uh, but ridiculous. I, you know, I, yeah, I, I really feel like he never takes over Jack Nicklaus's record. So. I'm uh, I'm I'm hopeful for that. Well, like we were talking with Georgia, it's mental. It is mental. He he doesn't have his mental edge like he used to. Actually, with him, it's not mental; it's physical. He's just hurt, and he's always been hurt because HGH breakdown. Yeah, pretty much. No, (laughs) seriously, exactly. I mean, it's like baseball. You know, like a lot of guys take HGH in baseball not because it makes you bigger, faster, stronger, because you heal faster. Yeah, and that's what Tiger was doing. I think he was taking HGH for his back and his knees and everything else, so he could just heal faster. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start then, and uh, let's let's get right into some college football picks, and then we'll break down and spend the last spend the last little bit talking about what Kentucky's got to do to beat Florida. Uh, we'll start with the prime time game tonight. We're going to go with the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Wisconsin Badgers. This game is at Ohio State. Ohio State's a seven point of, a seven point favorite. Wisconsin's actually, you know, I think Wisconsin looks pretty good with their new coach. Um, I think they give them quite a game, but I still think Ohio State pulls it out. Ohio State wins at home with Urban Meyer. I think he finds a way to win that. David, I, I saw Ohio State by fourteen. You're going to say Ohio State big, okay? Yeah, let's I'll, go. I'm going to say fourteen for Ohio State. Fourteen is having a big, like not a big win, but well, you know, usually with Wisconsin, you know, with there's defensive battles and running games, and you don't get a whole lot of yeah, a whole lot of points. I don't know. Um, LSU Georgia. You want to go right to it. Yeah. You want to go to the, the big game, Let's huh? Let's do it. LSU, Georgia. Georgia, or LSU easily. 
LSU easily this game is being played uh, in the he- between the hedges. Georgia is a three and a half point favorite. I like the Bulldogs. I really, I'm just really hoping that Georgia wins and LSU beats Alabama, and that everyone's got one loss. And it's a, and I want to, and I want to see what happens. I wanted it to be as big of a mess at the end of the year as possible. Is basically what I want to see. A big train wreck, huh? Yeah. Um, you know, to me, this is kind of a, a tough game to pick there because I'm not sure which. I'm not sure Murray. how good LSU really is. Well, see, the, well, LSU is all about defense and. You know, they'll do just enough offensively to squeak it out. But now they got Cam Cameron's offensive coordinator. They're throwing the ball a little bit more. They're throwing the ball deeper, which is kind of surprising for, for LSU. So actually trying to stretch the field and augment the, the running game. Who replaced Steve Cractor, by the way? LSU wins by 10 plus. <laughs> I'm going to nod at that one. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say LSU because Aaron Murray, when he plays ranked teams, it's just not the same guy. I mean, we saw that stat earlier on the screen. Yeah, you know, he, he's just not the same guy. And I think mentally, Georgia will come out, but maybe even take the lead, and I think they'll they'll be playing well. And then it, I think they have that mental block and they'll tighten up, and then that's when LSU will st- pull away. So that's LSU by ten. All right, let's stay in the SEC and let's go to Ole Miss and Alabama. Alabama fourteen point favorite, and this is a home game for Alabama. Does Ole Miss have a chance? No, no, no. It's, it's Mississippi. I mean, it's a Mississippi schools. They're horrible. They're still it, it they're dep- twenty one. It, it all depends on how Alabama plays. If Alabama doesn't play well. They have a chance, but I think if Alabama comes out and plays their normal game, they're gonna they'll win. I think Alabama's got this game as well. Ole Miss realistically is two years away from competing in this game. I mean, they got a ton of young talent. I think they've got the right coach down there if they can keep them. Uh, but Alabama is probably just too much for them this year. And you know, I, I agree with a lot of the callers. I don't think Alabama is as good as they have been in the past. Oh, they're not. They're not, especially in secondary. I mean, they have real weaknesses in secondary. And a good quarterback with a good passing attack, you can score in Alabama. But I don't think. Like you said, I don't think Mississippi's – they're not there yet. They don't have the offensive firepower just yet. All right, South Carolina. We go SEC, AAC. The AAC is kind of on the SEC What's right the now. spread? South Carolina, Central Florida. In Central Florida, South Carolina is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They cover. I, I don't. I think they cover. I think South Carolina wins. I'm going to go South Carolina in a close one. You think it's going to be close? Okay. Uh, over-under on that game, by the way, is 53-and-a-half, which that's to me is the kind of, if you're a wagering kind of person, that's the, that's the interesting bet on that, if whether or not it's uh, a 53-and-a-half point game or not. Um, all right, let's go to let's go up to the South Bend. Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Oklahoma's 14th ranked. Notre Dame's 22nd. Oklahoma's a three-and-a-half point favorite. I'm going with Oklahoma. It's going to hurt me. I just don't see how Notre Dame beats Oklahoma today. And I just, I just, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in them right now. So I'm going to choose Oklahoma. But but they win, man. They always find they a find way. They find a way. They do find a they, way. They find a way to win. Like last year, I thought Oklahoma should have won, but I just don't think Notre Dame will score enough to win the game. I, the Tommy Reese thing is what kind yeah, of gets me right now. Yeah, I think Oklahoma wins this game because of Notre Dame's uh, offense and lack of productivity. I agree. Yeah, we're all picking Oklahoma. Yeah. All right, let's go with one. Uh, let's look at the West Coast because it's a pretty interesting matchup. You got uh, a, a declining USC versus a, an Arizona State team that's kind of on the rise. Declining playing in USC, past tense. <laughs> Arizona State is a 4.0 favorite. You would have never thought I would have seen the over-under on this game is 49. Really? Yeah. Oh. You know, so, when that, so they're expecting a low-scoring game. Where's it at? It's in Arizona. I'm going to go with uh, Arizona. I think Arizona State wins this one, too. You know, 
I'm just gonna be the contrarian here, and I'm gonna thank Lane Kiffin. <laughs> is is I, I I think he's gonna get USC on track. He's he's gonna pull out a tough win uh, because if not, he's gonna have to go back to that monster dot com bowl and start fishing his resume out there because uh, he's just been disaster. Well, maybe he lets his dad take over and they got a chance. Oklahoma State plays those West Virginia Mountaineers in West Virginia. Oklahoma State is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite. Does West Virginia have a chance to against Oklahoma State, or are they just terrible right now? Uh, let me think. No. They're done. Yeah, they're done. I would agree with that as well, too. I think Oklahoma State. Geno Smith left, took Tavon Austin with them, and that was it. You know what's going to be real interesting? If there is a lot, bunch of one-loss teams, and Oklahoma State and Louisville are both undefeated, if Oklahoma State leapfrogs Louisville at any point this year. Well, I don't right. see it happening. Yeah. Oklahoma State's 11th. So it's not going to happen. The winner of Stanford and Oregon is going to be in the championship game, probably against a one-loss SEC team. I would agree with that, by the way. And Unless Ohio State's undefeated, which is highly likely as well. Yeah. All right, so Kentucky, Florida. Haven, what does Kentucky have to do? You've kind of already mentioned it throughout the show, but let's, let's confine it into a, a brief synopsis. What does Kentucky got to do today to beat Florida, and then what do you think is going to actually happen? Sell out to stop the run. Uh, I would go back kind of defensive linemen they used against Louisville with the five uh, defensive linemen. But they really used those five defensive linemen to, to disrupt the passing game, which was kind of interesting in that Louisville game. Yeah. Because you know? they still had uh, – they had to make up for uh, the the poor defensive back play. So it's going to be interesting on that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Didn't That's okay. That's okay. Uh, sell out to stop the run. Take advantage of Florida's injuries. You got to at least establish a running game to take some type of pass rush pressure off of your offensive line and Jalen Whitlow slash Max Smith slash whoever else may play quarterback this week. Um, I mean, you got to stretch the field. You got to come out and hit them fast. To me, up, they got to up tempo, up tempo, up tempo. You got to move the ball faster. They got to establish or they got to execute their pass game because that's going to help them establish a running game. Or just and catch the ball. They got to catch the ball, and if Max Smith is healthy after being two weeks off. He's got to hit some of those deep balls. He can't overthrow his receivers, and then they got to catch the ball. I, mean, I think we're missing the, the number one thing. I think it's still all about the turnovers. You can't turn the ball over. Well, it's always about the turnovers. Wait, I mean, I mean, but That's this a given this game, I think more than ever. I mean, Florida thrives on turnovers. The only way Florida scores, in my opinion, is to give them a short field and to turn the ball over. And it, you know that the game last week to me would have been, or uh, the game against Louisville would have been totally different. Yeah, if. Kentucky doesn't have their turnovers. The other thing is, get pressure on this quarterback. He's not very highly rated. He's a backup starting his first game. Don't let him get any confidence. Don't let him get some some short passes. Get in his face early and pressure him. Of course, you can't. He's more of a running quarterback, uh, so you can't let him run all over you. But uh, control the edges. Control the edges and get pressure on him and and uh, stop the run. Biggest thing: execute in the red zone. UK got into the got to the Louisville's thirty yard line four times, only came away with six points. Well, and then we got to be able to convert on third down. I mean, that's because Florida Florida will turn the ball over. They will turn the ball over, and Florida will play sloppy because Florida's played sloppy all year long, and especially against Tennessee, they were extra sloppy. You can take advantage of that, but you have to execute, and you got to be able when you get your opportunities to take them and to capitalize on the turnovers because Florida. I believe UK is going to get two turnovers from Florida, and they're going to have to capitalize on them. Without a you doubt. You know, Kentucky doesn't have an interception yet this season. Are you so, serious? Yep. That's really bad. But when, when, they're get, 
when UK gets some tense moments in the games, they got to think to themselves, Joker Phillips is on their sideline this year, and that'll help them pull through, I think. Oh, we'll see. I mean, I, again, I, I agree with what most were saying. I think they got to sell out, make Tyler Murphy throw the ball around. I think that's, in, I think that's in their favor. I think they've got to be able to go out and try to take some chances on offense, um, open it up, mainly just because you need to get some lanes for JoJo and Raymond Sanders. And uh, uh, the turnovers are huge, third down's huge. I love the way the defense is playing for Kentucky on third down right now. On offense, it's the same old issues we've been having for the last five, six years. Uh, third down is a struggle. And, and really, to me, it's Kentucky's offense is best when they're playing with pace and they're, they get in a rhythm. But they are so easy to allow something to break that rhythm and being able to regroup yourself after you have an incomplete pass or maybe you have a run play that doesn't work and to get right back into that rhythm and uh, keep it going so that we can convert on some of those third downs um, and get the ball in the end zone. So if Kentucky pulls the upset, who's the player of the game for Kentucky? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with JoJo Kemp. I'm going to say... If he can come in and be effective as the number one or, you know. I'm going to say you're going to have to have it. It's going to have to, have to be Timmons or Javis Blue. I was going to say Sanders. Sanders, huh? Yeah. Yeah, see, my thing with JoJo, I think JoJo's really good. But JoJo tends to shine when later in the game, you know, he doesn't play a whole lot in the first half a lot. They put him in the second half, teams are starting to wear down a little bit, and he's kind of a spark plug that gets him going. So, you know, when he has to play fresh against another team's fresh top defense, I don't know what we're going to see. Raymond Sanders does have to deliver. It's going to be a combo of those guys, just like it's got to be a combo of Timmons and Javis Blue to go out there and, and be able to catch some balls and and uh, and move our offense down a lot. So can UK mix up the plays like they did against, if you recall, against Miami where they were where they're running them in and out. They were throwing uh, wheel routes to their <laughs> see, out of the backfield. The problem is the Miami of Ohio, which is it's, it's like it's FIU. Terrible. They're so bad, you really can't get a good bead on how good your team is because it's, I mean, the guys lost to Marshall fifty ten to I mean fifty two to fourteen. Well, yeah, you know I'm just saying, can they open up the playbook against Florida and run those type plays? Obviously, they're playing against bigger, speedier, more talented players. They can and they should. The problem is Florida is going to try to shorten the game, and Florida knows that they're that Kentucky's run defense is suspect. Well, and, and, then, and they're really going to just run it down their throats. And Kentucky's like, this will be the first game Kentucky's going to have to worry about a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they see one in practice all the time in Jalen Whitlow, but you're going to have to worry about one of the best running backs with the best offensive line that's really not banged up, and then having a dual threat of a quarterback pulling it down with a lot of option, a lot of read option as well. And that's going to put a lot of pressure on Kentucky's linebackers. Well, if you remember earlier, only, only if game. he can also pass. If if he can't pass, then you can do some things to shut that down. Which, again, we're not talking about Johnny Manziel. We're not talking about Oregon's quarterback. We're talking about a two-star guy that had that's a scholarship right. offer from Temple, and that was it. So he is a running quarterback, but uh, I don't think you let that um, dominate your game plan. Louisville almost picked off a pass against Kentucky early on the game. One of those you know tight passes to the edge. If we can pump fake that and then send that guy along and you know get them to bite on that hard and start spreading the field that way, I think there's a huge opportunity there. I think Kentucky loses today, but I think it's I think they cover. So that's what I'm going with. Florida's 11 point favorite. I see this being a less than a 10 point. Game. I'm going with my heart, not my head. I say Kentucky pulls off the upset. 26 is our is our number. It was against Tennessee. Will Muschamp's on that sideline. Um, I'm going to go with the Cats. 
I'm going to say four by ten, but I think you still see some more improvement from, from Kentucky. Yeah, we're moving the ball down the field. That's all it is. Hey, this is a lot of fun. I hope you guys had fun, too. Uh, please join us next week. I'm Mike, joined by Jason and Haven. This is the Weekend Sports Bus. And rot inside a corpse shell.